Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios in Hyde, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're here in the company of our august guests, Dravidaraj um, from Latvia and his good friends, uh, Nandakumar from all points east, west, south, and north, but originally from Latvia, and Gori, uh, Radhika Devi Dasi from Brazil, but al also points east, west, north, and south. We appreciate your presence very much and uh, on this auspicious uh, Ikadashi, we've had a wonderful day. Uh, part of the Ikadashi meal prepared by Nanda Kumar was very nice. He's a great cook, by the way, Hare Krishna. Okay, we hope you're all safe and sound and well and happy as, as you can be in these troubled times. Um, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami um, glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam and tells us why actually we're doing this every day. It goes like this Sarva Shastravni Piyusha, Sarva Vedaika Satvala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalitvanduditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Pratvarchakshadhyate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of Prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Marekabando Matsangin Madgudoman Mahadana Mandistadagamad Bhagya Mad Anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadhu sadhuta dayin atini chocheta kada hanamun chagadachin mam premna ritkanta yokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 So we've reached the ninth chapter of the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Dhruva Maharaj returns home. Um, he is offered his, he's attained perfection actually um, in just a short period of time for only being, being five years old. And he was able to offer wonderful prayers to the Lord who appeared before him um, when the Lord touched his head with his conch shell. And now the Lord is, is, is speaking to Dhruva Maharaj. We're starting with text 20 and 21. 
The Supreme Personality of Godhead continued, My dear Dhruva, I shall award you the glowing planet known as the Pole Star, which will continue to exist even after the dissolution at the end of the millennium. No one has ever ruled this planet, which is surrounded by all the solar systems, planets, and stars. All the luminaries in the sky circumambulate this planet, just as bulls tread around a central pole for the purpose of crushing grains. Keeping the pole star to their right, all the stars inhabited by the great sages like Dharma, Agni, Kashapa, and Shukra circumambulate this planet, which continues to exist even after the disillusion of all others. Purport. <clears throat> Although the pole star existed before the occupation of Dhruva, Maharaj, it had no predominating deity. Dhruva Loka, our pole star, is the center for all other stars and solar systems. For all of them circle around Dhruva Loka, just as a bull crushes grains by walking around and around a central pole. Dhruva wanted the best of all planets, and although it was a childish prayer, the Lord satisfied his demand. A small child may demand something from his father, which his father has never given to anyone else. Yet out of affection, the father offers it to the child. Similarly, this unique planet, Dhruva Loka, was offered to Maharaj Dhruva. The specific significance of this planet is that until the entire universe is annihilated, this planet will remain, even during the devastation which takes place during the night of Lord Brahma. There are two kinds of disillusions, one during the night of Lord Brahma and one at the end of Lord Brahma's life. At the end of Brahma's life, selected personalities go back home, back to Godhead. Dhruva Maharaj is one of them. The Lord assured Dhruva that he would exist beyond the partial dissolution of this universe. Thus, at the end of the complete dissolution, Dhruva Maharaj would go directly to Vaikuntha Loka, to a spiritual planet in the spiritual sky. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments in this connection that Dhruva Loka is one of the Lokas like Shwetadweep, Mathura, and Dwarka. They are all eternal places in the kingdom of God, which is described in the Bhagavad Gita, Tadama Padamam, and in the Vedas, Om Tad Vishnu Padamam Padam Sada Pashanti Suryaha. The words Parastat Kalpa Vasinam, transcendental to the planets inhabited after the dissolution, refer to the Vaikuntha planets. In other words, Dhruva Maharaja's promotion to the Vaikuntha Lokas was guaranteed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Text 22 After your father goes to the forest and awards you the rule of his kingdom, you will rule continuously the entire world for 36,000 years, and all your senses will continue to be as strong as they are now. You will never become old. Purport In the Satya Yuga, people generally lived for 100,000 years. Dhruva Maharaja's ruling for the, the world for 36,000 years was quite possible in those days. Text 23 The Lord continued, Sometime in the future, your brother Uttama will go hunting in the forest while absorbed in hunting, and while absorbed in hunting, he will be killed. Your stepmother, Suruchi, being maddened upon the death of her son, will go to search for him, will go to search him out in the forest, but she will be devoured by a forest fire. Purport Dhruva Maharaj came to the forest to search out the Supreme Personality of Godhead with a revenging spirit against his stepmother. His stepmother had insulted Dhruva, 
who was not an ordinary person, but a great Vaishnava. An offense at the lotus feet of a Vaishnava is the greatest offense in this world. Because of having insulted Dhruva Maharaj, Suruchi would become mad after, upon the death of her son and would enter a forest fire, and thus her life would be ended. This was specifically mentioned by the Lord to Dhruva because he was determined for revenge against her. From this we should take the lesson that we should never try to insult a Vaishnava. Nor, not only should we not insult a Vaishnava, but we should not insult anyone unnecessarily. When Suruchi insulted Dhruva Maharaj, he was just a child. She, of course, did not know that Dhruva was a great recognized Vaishnava, and so her offense was committed unknowingly. When one serves a Vaishnava unknowingly, one still gets the good result. And if one unknowingly insults a Vaishnava, one suffers the bad result. A Vaishnava is especially favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Pleasing him or displeasing him directly affects the pleasure and displeasure of the Supreme Lord. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his eight stanzas of prayer to the spiritual master, has sung Yasya Prasadad Bhagavat Prasadaha. By pleasing the spiritual master, who is a pure Vaishnava, one pleases the personality of Godhead. But if one displeases the spiritual master, one does not know where he is going. Text 24 The Lord continued, I am the heart of all sacrifices. You will be able to, you will be able to perform many great sacrifices and also give great charities. In this way, you will be able to enjoy the blessings of material happiness in this life, and at the time of your death, you will be able to remember me. Purport. The most, the most important factor in this verse is the Lord's instructions regarding how to remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead at the end of life. Ante Narayana Smriti. The result of whatever we do in executing spiritual activities is successful if we remember Narayana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This program of constant remembrance can be disturbed by many things, but Dhruva Maharaja's life would be so pure as assured by the Lord Himself that Dhruva would never forget Him. Thus, at the time of His death, he would remember the Supreme Lord, but before his death, he would enjoy this material world not by sense gratification, but by performing great sacrifices. As stated, as stated in the Vedas, when one performs great sacrifices, he must give charity, not only to the Brahmanas, but also to the Chatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras. It is assured here that Dhruva Maharaj would be able to perform such activities. In this age of Kali, however, the great sacrifice is the performance of Sankirtan Yajna. Our Christian consciousness movement is designed to teach people and to learn ourselves the exact instruction of the Personality of Godhead. In this way, we shall continuously perform the Sankirtan Yajna and continuously chant the Hare Krishna mantra. Then, at the end of our lives, we shall certainly be able to remember Krishna and our program of life will be successful. In this age, distribution of prasad has, has replaced distribution of money. No one has sufficient money to distribute. But if we distribute Krishna prasad as far as possible, this is more valuable than the distribution of money. Text 25. The Personality of Godhead continued. My dear Dhruva, after your material life in this body, you will go to my planet, which is always offered obeisances by the residents of all other planetary systems. It is situated 
above the planets of the seven rishis, and having gone there, you will never have to come back again to this material world. Purport. In this word, in this verse, the word Navartate is very significant. The Lord says, You will not come back to this material world, for you will reach Matstanam, my abode. Therefore, Dhruvaloka, or the pole star, is the abode of Lord Vishnu within this material world. Upon it, there is an ocean of milk, and within that ocean, there is an island known as Shwetadweep. It is clearly indicated that this planet is situated above the seven planetary systems of the Rishis. And because this planet is Vishnuloka, it is worshipped by all other planetary systems. It may be questioned here, what will happen to the planet known as Dhruvaloka at the time of the dissolution of this universe? The answer is simple. Dhruvaloka remains, like other Vaikuntalokas, beyond this universe. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has commented in this connection that the very word Navartate indicates that this planet is eternal. Text 26 The great sage Maitreya said, after being worshipped and honored by the boy Dhruva Maharaj and after offering him his abode, Lord Vishnu on the back of Garuda returned to his abode as Dhruva Maharaj looked on. Purport <clears throat> From this verse it appears that Lord Vishnu awarded Dhruva Maharaj the same abode in which he resides. His abode is described in the Bhagavad Gita 15.6 Yadgadva Nanivartante Taddhama Paramam Mama Text 27 Despite having achieved the desired result of his determination by worshipping the lotus feet of the Lord, Dhruva Maharaj was not very pleased. Thus he returned to his home. Purport By worshipping the lotus feet of the Lord in devotional service, as instructed by Narada Muni, Dhruva Maharaj achieved the desired result. His desire was to get a very exalted position, excelling that of his father, grandfather, and great-grandfather. And although it was a somewhat childish determination, because Dhruva Maharaj was nothing but a small child, Lord Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is so kind and merciful that he fulfilled Dhruva's desire. Dhruva Maharaj wanted a residence more exalted than any ever occupied by anyone else in his family. Therefore he was offered the planet in which the Lord personally resides, and his determination was completely satisfied. Still, when Dhruva Maharaj returned home, he was not very much pleased, for although in pure devotional service there is no demand from the Lord, because of his childish nature, he had demanded something. Thus, although the Lord also fulfilled his desire, he was not very pleased. Rather, he was ashamed that he had demanded something from the Lord, for he should not have done this. Text 28 <clears throat> Sri Vidura inquired, My dear Brahmana, the abode of the Lord is very difficult to attain. It can be attained only by pure devotional service, which alone pleases the most affectionate, merciful Lord. Dhruva Maharaj achieved this position even in one life, and he was very wise and conscientious. Why then was he not very pleased? Purport Saint Vidura's inquiry is very relevant. The word artavit which refers to one who knows how to discriminate between reality and unreality, is very significant in this connection. An artavit is also called paramahamsa. A paramahamsa 
accepts only the active principle of everything. Just as a swan accepts only the milk from a mixture of water and milk. A Paramahansa accepts only the Supreme Personality of Godhead as his life and soul, neglecting all external material things. Dhruva Maharaj was in this category and due to his determination he achieved the result he desired. But still, when he returned home, he was not very pleased. Text 29 Maitreya answered, Dhruva Maharaja's heart, which was pierced by the arrows of the harsh words of his stepmother, was greatly aggrieved. And thus, when he fixed, when he, when he fixed upon his goal of life, he did not forget her misbehavior. He did not demand actual liberation from this material world, but at the end of his devotional service, when the Supreme Personality of God had appeared before him, he was simply ashamed of the material demands he had in his mind. Purport This important verse has been discussed by many stalwart commentators. Why was Dhruva Maharaj not very pleased, even after achieving the goal of life he desired? A pure devotee is always free, from all kinds of material desires. A pure devotee is always... In the material world, one's material desires are all most demonic. One thinks of others as one's enemies, one thinks of revenge against one's enemies, and one aspires to become the topmost leader or topmost person in this material world. And thus one competes with all others. This has been described in the Bhagavad Gita 16th chapter as Asuric. A pure devotee has no demand from the Lord. His only concern is to serve the Lord sincerely and seriously and he is not at all concerned about what will happen in the future. In the Mukunda Mala Stotra, King Kulashekar, author of the book, states in his prayer, My dear Lord, I don't want any position of sense gratification within this material world. I simply want to engage in your service perpetually. Similarly, Lord Chaitanya in his Shikshastaka also prayed, My Lord, I do not want any amount of material wealth. I do not want any number of materialistic followers nor do I want any attractive wife to enjoy. The only thing I want is that I may engage life after life in your service. Lord Chaitanya did not pray even for mukti or liberation. In this verse, Maitreya replied to Vidura that Dhruva Maharaj, influenced by a revengeful attitude towards his insulting stepmother, did not think of mukti nor did he know what mukti was. Therefore he failed to aim for mukti as his goal of life. But a pure devotee also does not want liberation. He is a soul completely surrendered to the Supreme Lord and he does not demand anything from the Lord. This position was realized by Dhruva Maharaj when he saw the Supreme Personality of Godhead present personally before him because he was elevated to the Vasudev platform. The Vasudev platform refers to the stage at which material contamination is conspicuous by its absence only, or in other words, where there is no question of the material modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. And one, there, and one, there, and one can therefore see the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because on the Vasudev platform one can see God face to face, the Lord is also called Vasudev. Dhruva Maharaja's demand was for a position so exalted that it was never enjoyed even by Lord Brahma, his great-grandfather. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is so affectionate and kind towards his devotee, especially 
to a devotee like Dhruva Maharaj, who went to render devotional service in the forest alone at the age, at the age of only five years, that although the motive might be impure, the Lord does not consider the motive. He is concerned with the service. But if a devotee has a particular motive, the Lord directly or indirectly knows it, and therefore he does not leave the devotee's material desires unfulfilled. These are some of the special favors by the Lord to a devotee. Dhruva Maharaj was offered Dhruvaloka, a planet that was never resided upon by any conditioned soul. Even Brahma, although the topmost living creature within this universe, was not allowed to enter the Dhruvaloka. Whenever there is a crisis within this universe, the demigods go to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Chirodakashai Vishnu, and they stand on the beach of the milk ocean. So the fulfillment of Dhruva Maharaja's demand, a position more exalted than that of even his great-grandfather Brahma, was offered to him. Here in this verse, the Lord is described as Muktipati, which means one under whose lotus feet there are, all, there are all kinds of mukti. There are five kinds of mukti, sayuja, sarupya, salokya, samipya, and sarshti. Out of these five muktis, which can be achieved by any person engaged in devotional service to the Lord, the one which is known as sayuja is generally demanded by Mayavadi philosophers. They demand to become one with the impersonal Brahman effulgence of the Lord. In the opinion of many scholars, this Sayuja Mukti, although counted among the five kinds of Mukti, is not actually Mukti, because from Sayuja Mukti one may again fall down to this material world. This information we have from Srimad Bhagavatam 10.2.32, wherein it is said, Patantyada which means they, get, they again fall down. The monist philosopher, after executing severe austerity, merges into the impersonal effulgence of the Lord, but the living entity always wants reciprocation in loving affairs. Therefore, although the monist philosopher is elevated to the status of being one with the effulgence of the Lord, because there is no facility for associating with the Lord and rendering service unto Him, He again falls into the material world, and His service propensity is satisfied by materialistic welfare activities like humanitarianism, altruism, and philanthropy. There are many instances of such fall-downs, even for great sannyasis in the Mayavad school. Therefore, Vaishnava philosophers do not accept Sayuja Mukti to be within the category of Mukti. According to them, Mukti means transferal to the loving service of the Lord from one's position of serving Maya. Lord Chaitanya also says in this connection that the constitutional position of a living entity is to render service to the Lord. That is real Mukti. When one is situated in his original position, giving up artificial positions, he is called mukta, or liberated. In the Bhagavad Gita, this is confirmed. Anyone who engages in rendering transcendental loving service to the Lord is considered to be mukta, or brahmabhuta. It is said in the Bhagavad Gita <clears throat> that, that a devotee is considered to be on the Brahmabhuta platform when he has no material contamination. In the Padma Purana, this is also confirmed. Mukti means engagement in the service of the Lord. The great sage Maitreya explained that Dhruva Maharaj did not desire in the beginning to engage in the service of the Lord, but he wanted an exalted position better than his great-grandfather's. This is more or less not service to the Lord, but service to the senses. 
even if one gets the position of Brahma, the most exalted position in this material world, he is considered a conditioned soul. Srila Prabodhananda Saraswati says that if one is elevated to real, pure devotional service, he considers even great demigods like Brahma and Indra to be on an equal level with an insignificant insect. The reason is that, that an insignificant insect has a desire for sense gratification and even a great personality like Lord Brahma also wants to dominate this material world. Sense gratification means domination over material nature. The whole competition between conditioned souls is based upon domination, domination of this material nature. Modern scientists are proud of their knowledge because they are discovering new methods to dominate the laws of material nature. They think that this is the advancement of human civilization. The more they can dominate the material laws, the more advanced they think they are. Dhruva Maharaja's propensity in the beginning was like that. He wanted to dominate this material world in a greater position than Lord Brahma. Therefore, elsewhere it is described that after the appearance of the Lord, when Dhruva Maharaj thought and compared his determination to his final reward, he realized that he had wanted a few particles of broken glass, but instead had received many diamonds. As soon as he saw the Supreme Personality of Godhead face to face, he immediately became conscious of the unimportance of his demand from the Lord to have an exalted position better than Lord Brahma's. When Dhruva Maharaj became situated on the Vasudev platform, due to seeing the Lord face to face, all his material contamination was cleared. Thus he became ashamed of what his demands were and what he had achieved. He became very much ashamed to think that although he had gone to Madhuvan, giving up the kingdom of his father, and he had gotten a spiritual master like Narada Muni, he was still thinking of revenge against his stepmother and wanted to occupy an exalted post within this material world. These were the causes for his moroseness even after he received all the desired benedictions from the Lord. When Dhruva Maharaj factually saw that the Supreme Personality of Godhead when Dhruva Maharaj factually saw the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there was no question of a revengeful attitude towards his stepmother, nor any aspiration to lord it over the material world. But the Supreme Personality is so kind that he knew that Dhruva Maharaj wanted this. Speaking before Dhruva Maharaj, he used the word vidaham, because when Dhruva Maharaj demanded material benefits, the Lord was present within his heart and so knew everything. The Lord always knows everything a man is thinking. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita also, Bidaham Samatitani. The Lord fulfilled all Dhruva Maharaj's desires. His revengeful attitude towards his stepmother and stepbrother was satisfied. His desire for a more exalted position than that of his great-grandfather was also fulfilled. And at the, time, at the same time, his eternal position in Dhruvaloka was fixed. Although Dhruva Maharaj's achievement of an eternal planet was not conceive, conceived of by him, Krishna thought, what will Dhruva do? with an exalted position within this material world. Therefore, he gave Dhruva the opportunity to rule this material world for 36,000 years with unchangeable senses and the chance to perform many great sacrifices and thus become the most reputed king within this material world. And 
After finishing with all this material enjoyment, Dhruva would be promoted to the spiritual world, which includes the Dhruva Loka. Text 30 Dhruva Maharaj thought to himself, To endeavor to be situated in the shade of the lotus feet of the Lord is not an ordinary task, because even the great brahmacharis, <clears throat> headed by Sanandana, who practiced Ashtanga Yoga in trance, <clears throat> attained the shelter of the Lord's lotus feet over only after many, many births. Within six months, I achieved the same result. Yet due to my thinking differently from the Lord, I fell down from my position. Purport In this verse, Dhruva Maharaj himself explains the cause of his moroseness. First, he laments that to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead directly is not easy. Even great saintly persons like the four celebrated brahmacharis headed by Sanandana, Sanandana, Sanaka, Sanatana, and Sanatkumara, practiced the yoga system for many, many births and remained in trance before getting the opportunity to, to see the Supreme Lord face to face. As far as Dhruva Maharaj was concerned, he saw the Supreme Lord personally after only six months of practice in devotional service. He expected, therefore, that as soon as he met the Supreme Lord, the Lord would take him to his abode immediately, without waiting. Dhruva Maharaj could understand very clearly that the Lord had offered him the rule of the world for 36,000 years because, in the beginning, he was under the spell of the material energy and wanted to take revenge against his stepmother and rule over his father's kingdom. Dhruva Maharaj greatly lamented his propensity for ruling the material world and his revengeful attitude towards other living entities. Text 31 Alas, just look at me. I am so unfortunate. I approached the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who can immediately cut the chain of the repeated repetition of birth and death, but still, out of my foolishness, I prayed for things which are perishable. Purport The word anatnyam is very significant in this verse. Atma means the soul. And anatmya means without any conception of the soul. Srila Rishabhadev instructed his sons that in, unless a human being comes to the point of understanding the atma or spiritual position, <clears throat> whatever he does is ignorance. And this brings only defeat in his life. Dhruva Maharaj regrets regrets his unfortunate position, for although he approached the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who was always able to give his devotee the highest benediction of cessation of the repetition of birth and death, which is impossible for any demigod to offer, he foolishly wanted something perishable. When Hiranyakashipu asked immortality from Lord Brahma, Lord Brahma expressed his inability to offer such a benediction because he himself is not immortal. Put this over on the... On the uh, it's over there. He knows where it is. <clears throat> when Hiranyakashipu asked immortality from Lord Brahma, Lord Brahma expressed his inability to offer such a benediction because he himself is not immortal. 
Therefore, immortality or complete cessation of the chain of repeated birth and death can be offered by the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Personality of God Himself, not by others. Harim Bina Namritim Taranti It is said that without the blessings of Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, no one can stop the continuous chain of birth and death within this material world. Therefore, the Supreme Lord is, call, is also called Bhavachit. The Vaishnava philosophy in the process of Krishna consciousness prohibits the devotee from all kinds of material aspirations. A Vaishnava devotee should always be anyabilashita shunya, free from all material aspirations for the results of fruitive activities or empiric philosophical speculation. Dhruva Maharaj was actually initiated by Nardamuni, the greatest Vaishnava, in the chanting of Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. This mantra is a Vishnu mantra, for by practicing the chanting of this mantra, one is elevated to the Vishnu Loka. Dhruva Maharaj regrets that although he was initiated in the Vishnu mantra by a Vaishnava, he still aspired for material benefits. That was another cause for lamentation. Although he got the result of the Vishnu mantra by the causeless mercy of the Lord, he lamented how foolish he was to have strived for material benefits while practicing devotional service. In other words, every one of us who is engaged in devotional service in Krishna consciousness should be completely free from all material aspirations. Otherwise, we will have to lament like Dhruva Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. So it's 8.05, believe it or not. It went by just like that. Small miracle. Okay, we'll stop our reading tonight to there. And tonight, tomorrow night, we'll start at text 32. And we will patiently wait for the reflections from the assembled devotees. About what we've heard tonight. Hare Krishna. Crystal symbol from Gopakanya Devidasi. Hare Krishna Gopakanya Devidasi. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages. Happy Akadashi to you. And to you too. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Sri Bhagavatam. All glories to the Bhagavatam and His Divine Grace, Sri the Prabhupada. From Jai Baladev. Jai Baladev, Hare Krishna. Prabhupada mentions that if one unknowingly offends a Vaishnava, he suffers a bad reaction. If one offends someone knowing that they are a Vaishnava, will the reaction be worse? Uh, in a word, yes. But Lord Chaitanya uh, also gave a, us a concession in the Kali Yuga. He said, if you make an offense inside your mind or do something in your mind that's sinful, you're not held accountable. Only if it comes out of your mouth or in your activities. But the, the, the purport of this pastime is that the Lord knows what your intentions are even when you don't know when they are. That's the purport. So therefore the recommendation is don't uh, offend Vaishnava even in your mind. Even though we got that concession, the, the truth is that if you don't 
stop that in your mind, eventually it will come out of your mouth or in your behavior. And then you will take severe reactions. Lord Chaitanya is very kind. Hare Krishna. From Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances, glories to Sri the Prabhupada. I am still here trying to focus on hearing every day. I feel the benefit without understanding everything, and I appreciate you very much and all assembled devotees. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna to you, and thank you very much for your undying uh, gratitude and appreciation. And Srila Prabhupada told us, if you have a taste for hearing, even if you don't understand, you get the benefit. Hare Krishna. And from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's readings. Anandamurti is in Tokyo. I mean Osaka, Japan. And she works and she raises her child and she goes out and distributes books during her lunch break and after work <laughs> every day. Hare Krishna. And from Dharani Thai. Yes, Dharani Thai. Hare Krishna. Dear Sri the Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisance. Thank you for tonight's reading. Hare Krishna. I would have an inquiry related to the history of Dhruva Maharaj. Given the exceptional un unequaled glories attributed to the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, how do we understand best that Srila Narada Muni did not advise child Dhruva to recite it, but instead encouraged him to chant Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya? Because this happened in the Satya Yuga and in the Satya Yuga uh, even though the Hare Krishna mantra is always the goal of every Yuga in order to be able to chant it first one has to become purified by, by Purascharya and in Satya Yuga the Purascharya was meditation so this was Narada's gift to Dhruva uh, and in Treta Yuga eventually uh, by, by, by uh, performance of great sacrifices which Dhruva also did uh, the, the person becomes purified enough to chant Hare Krishna uh, and then Dwapara Yuga it's temple worship. One has to do these yuga dharmas in order to get purified enough to be able to chant Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. But in Kali Yuga, because it's so fallen, it's not possible to do these other things. So Lord Chaitanya make, gave us the benediction that our Purashaya is chanting Hare Krishna itself. So the means and the ends are the same. I don't know any other way to explain it other than that. Uh, the, the, the Hare Krishna mantra isn't always mentioned in the Bhagavatam in previous ages. But it is in the Kali Sunda Upanishad and in other places it is mentioned and uh, it's there. But it's very secret and therefore it's not mentioned very much. So just because it's not mentioned very much doesn't mean it's not there and doesn't mean that and it means that it's secret. It's confidential, most confidential. Another way of understanding Lord Chaitanya's causeless mercy that he gave us the Ma Mantra and more or less in effect initiated 
everyone in the universe because he gave the instruction that everyone should chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> so this is, these are inconceivable. The mercy of the Lord is inconceivable. But on another plane, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya is the same as Hare Krishna Mahamantra. But on another plane, Hare Krishna mantra is more exalted because it's made up of only names of Radha and Krishna. So the Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya mantra brings one to Vaikuntha. doesn't bring one to Goloka Vrindavan, to Brajaloka. So these are just some of the ways of understanding the answer to the question. There are many more, but who am I? Hare Krishna, little jiva running around this material world. From Subarao. Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. Happy Ekadashi and beautiful Ekadashi pick on the altar. Mm. Lord in the heart knows our desires inside out, even though we may act out nicely, extremely. Daily readings, Kijai. Hare Krishna. And then he has a quote from Srimad Bhagavatam 12.352. Krite yad jayato vishnu mm. tvetayam yajato makai mm. dvapare paricharyayam kalautad tadikirtanat whatever result was obtained in satya yuga by meditating on vishnu in treta yuga by performing sacrifices and in dvapara yuga by serving the lord's lotus feet can be obtained in kali yuga simply by chanting the hari krishna mantra hari krishna Therefore, it's called the Yuga Dharma. Thank you for pointing that verse out. Thank you. Dhanitai says, Thank you very much, Sri the Guru Maharaj. Jai Dhanitai, Krishna, Hare Krishna. Nanda Kumar, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, I, in the very beginning, one of the first purports um, Srila Prabhupada was mentioning how especially to a devotee like Dhruva Maharaj who went to render devotional service in the forest alone at the age of only five uh, years that although the motive might be impure the Lord does not consider the motive he's concerned with the service so this little end here uh, the motive might not be pure. The Lord does not consider motive. He's concerned with the service. Usually, the, what I get is the vice versa. Is that, because we know, let's say, when we instruct somebody to start offering a food, mm. the, the important part is the, the heart. You do it with love. Because mm. he says in Bhagavad Gita, mm. if you give me a leaf, a leaf, a flower, a fruit, I will accept if it's with devotion. So it, it appears to me that that devotion is that, that ingredient and that devotion is compared to a motive, you could say. But in this purport, somehow Srila Prabhupada uh, decides to uh, to kind of vice versa um, no not it's not not vi vice versa it's not like that see this is talking about uh, uh, material motive he's talking about material motive he is he's talk it, it is vice versa and that's why he's calling it vice versa because Dhruva Maharaj you know had these wrong motives you know and he even had motives he didn't know un unintentional motives but because he met Narada Muni 
and accepted the instructions of Narada Muni. Even though you remember, Narada Muni tried to give him instructions to go home. He, he wouldn't take it. Yeah. He wouldn't take it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't go back. So this just means that Dhruva Maharaj was a, he was a pure Chatriya. This is his great grandfather was Lord Brahma. That means he's right at the beginning of the universe. You know, and different laws apply in, in, in those times. You know, or I don't. That's not the right way to say it. Not different laws, but things are different in those times. You know, and uh, he he's he's blessing the Lord to, to Dhruva despite his motive. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the point. He's blessing Dhruva Maharaj because he was so impressed with the fact that at five years old, you know, and even with that ulterior motive he followed the instructions of Narada because Narada was just testing Dhruva if you remember he was tre- testing Dhruva to tell, by telling him to go back home but he wasn't having it he was determined he was very determined and it's hinted at in the purports that he was actually a great Vaishnava hmm. when it talked about how his stepmother insulted him. She didn't know what a great Vaishnava he was, but he was a great Vaishnava from the time of his birth. And therefore he's getting this much, this many chapters in the Bhagavatam, you know. So, so it shows that the Lord is so merciful that when a pure Vaishnava overcomes that tendency when he's a little child and does such extraordinary austerity in devotional service that no one else could do, then the Lord's heart melts and he just fulfills all the desires, whether the motives are good or not. Hmm. So I don't think that what I just said, I don't think that that is meant to overcome what you said also. Because it is a fact that in general, the general rule is that, you know, the Lord doesn't see the mistakes we make, but He sees the motive, you know. But in this is a very special case. Mm-hmm. Nobody could do what He did in six months as a five-year-old. So we, we, can't, we can't apply the, the same general rule to Him mm-hmm. as we do. Uh, in our devotional lives and in general. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So, um, yeah, this pastime of Dhruva Maharaj is extremely important. Extremely important because it shows how extreme the mercy of the Lord is. And it shows that even if you have intense material desires, if you strictly follow the process given, by your spiritual master. It's overcomable. And the Lord appreciates that attempt. Even though we may think, and we may be, you know, unqualified in so many ways. To your point about the, um, how the offering, you know, if it's not done with love, then, but we have a special case here in our movement although the principle is true and it already it, 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 it applies everywhere but at the same time um, we have to understand that Srila Prabhupada was so special that when he promises something or asks something to Krishna Krishna feels obliged to do it he's that great a soul so when he was in installing deities around the world, he made prayers to the Lord 
that I know that my followers are not qualified to do this service, especially Radhika Krishna service, but I'm asking you to accept it anyway. So if you're connected with um, a, a, a temple in our movement, especially the temples that Srila Prabhupada installed the deities, then when you take prasad from that temple, you can share its prasad. Because Krishna is fulfilling Prabhupada's desire. I, I guess you refer to that special case, one of the special, I mean, most of, <laughs> probably all those special cases in the beginning of a movement devotees were not so qualified but it just reminds me I think it was Australia it's not just Australia wherever he wherever he wherever he you know installed the deity Australia London uh, Amsterdam Paris so many places Dallas New York San Francisco. So due to him, exactly, there is some rules are bent for our benefit. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, there would be no hope for us. And that's Lord Chaitanya's mercy coming through him, of course. Because Lord Chaitanya came to deliver everyone. And he did. How that is true, it's not possible to grasp with our material intelligence. Not possible. When Lord Chaitanya approached Haridas Thakur in anxiety, because he asked, he was asking Haridas Thakur how the, the living entities will be delivered, and then Haridas Thakur re replied, "My Lord, don't be in anxiety." And and in the purport of that verse, Prabhupada comments that this is service. When one actually does service in order to, especially preaching or any other service in devotional service which is connected with the preaching uh, with the attitude to reduce the anxiety that Lord Chaitanya feels, this is service. This is pure devotional service. Yes. And so, <laughs> Haridas Thakur answered, well, Lord, don't you remember when Vasudev came to you and asked for the benediction that you deliver all the souls and if you think that the reactions for their sins have to be accounted for then you I'll take them all and stay here alone and everyone else can go back to God and Lord Chaitanya said that desire is so pure you can be sure that the Lord is doing that and you don't have to stay here and he's already, it's already done and the Acharyas say that, that that is evidence that Lord Chaitanya did it. And then Haridas Thakur told Lord Chaitanya that when you were here, the whole universe was liberated and immediately they were filled back up again. How that happens, is in, it's inconceivable. Any more, any more conceivable than, you know, Daksha getting a goat head and still being Daksha. <laughs> so, Vilas Manjari? Yes, Vilas Manjari. All glories to Sri Sri Radha Gopinath in Sydney. Sri the Prabhupada prayed. Mm. Now I'm leaving you in the hands of the Maletras. <laughs> you please give them all intelligence. And when he returned the next year, he revealed his prayer and was very happy to see 
that actually Radha Gopinath had given them intelligence and they were worshipping beautifully and they are continuing to give us all intelligence very special deities yes Hare Krishna thank you Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai samabeda bhakta vinda ki jai Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo Dhruva Maharaj Ki Jai See you tomorrow night same time same place same topic and Dhruva Maharaj is going to get even more verses and more chapters that's how special he is you can't be in the Bhagavatam for this many chapters unless you're somebody really special see you tomorrow Hari Krishna <laughs>